Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Greetings. How is everybody today? I hope you're doing great. Today we're going to talk about business dining etiquette. And I want to tell you a little bit about my background in business dining etiquette. But first, I want to remind you of two things. And one is that during the month of August, we are having a promotion about the podcast. So you get points for rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the podcast. You also get points for liking my Facebook page, which is Exclusive Career Coaching, Uh, liking me or following me on Instagram, which is lisa.edwards, and following my business page on on, uh, LinkedIn, which is Exclusive Career Coaching. So I hope you'll do all of that. The prize is a $260 gift bag that includes a computer bag. There's a charger, uh, like a phone and iPod charger, um, iPad charger. There's a uh, really nice umbrella and pen in there. There are three $50 gift certificates, and there's a travel coffee mug. I've probably forgotten a few things, but you get the idea. It's really nice. So I hope that you will do those things and get points towards a raffle, which will be held on the last day of August. The other thing is that coming up is my monthly webinar. So every month I'll be doing a webinar on a different topic, and the content will change, but the format will stay the same. There will be 30 minutes of content where I'll be teaching you something, and then you'll have 30 minutes to ask me questions or be coached live about that topic. You can actually raise your hand. We'll be on Zoom, and I'll make you a co-presenter, and you can ask me a question, and I'll coach you about um, whatever that month's topic is. So to find this month's topic and to register, you'll go to exclusivecareercoaching.com, backslash webinar sign up and that'll get you to my page and you can sign you can see what this month's topic is and sign up so please do it do it do it all right business dining etiquette so let me tell you a little bit about my (laughs) very interesting background in teaching etiquette so when I was in Columbus working at Columbus State University we hired a woman named Peggy Newfield who had her own business I looked her up the other day she's still in business she's out of Atlanta and she does kind of high-level executive etiquette training, and she also trained at at colleges like mine. So I had had her come for several years, and then when I moved out to the Midwest, I thought, foolishly as it turns out, that the university would be gung-ho for bringing Peggy out on a maybe annual or semi-annual basis to, uh, to my school, to my little town. And so I got the information together and I went in and presented it actually to the business faculty and their response was not what I was expecting. Their response was, no, you do it. You learn how to do it. And of course I had that deer in the headlights thought, you know, that how am I supposed to, how am I supposed to get from where I'm at as a consumer of her courses to being qualified to teach it. And I'll never forget what one of my dear, um, he was an accounting faculty member, and I, he's an, um, just a wonderful man. And he came up to me after that meeting, and he said, Lisa, here's how you do that. You study Peggy's stuff, you study some other people's stuff, and you kind of create this amalgam of all of that and make it your own. And you are not, not plagiarizing anyone, you're just building upon, and you are, you are uh, adapting what they've done to your own content. And I believed him when he said that. I took him at face value. And so that first summer that I was um, at the university in Missouri, I focused on learning everything I could from every 
etiquette expert out there. And then again, adapt, adapting it to my own style, adapting it to, you know, the college that I was working at and all of that. And I actually ended up not only doing it for the university for low those many years, but I um, included it into my business at the time. So I had my own, you know, kind of side hustle. And one of the things that I would do is go in and do etiquette trainings for leadership groups, for corporate groups, for organizations, various things. And we always did it with an actual meal. So I would teach them um, through the courses of the meal the kind of things that I'm going to talk about with you today. It was a lot of fun. I always make my classes a lot of fun. So we would have a blast and there was a lot of laughs around it. So it was not one of those like serious, you know, keep very still and, you know, sit straight kind of thing. We had a lot of blast with it, but it was really interesting when I went. As I was preparing this today, I remembered the beginning of all of that, which I had conveniently forgotten. And it was when I was ready to do etiquette training at, at Columbus State University. The way that I found out about Peggy Newfield was one of my colleagues at a university up in the Atlanta area was already using her. And she said, hey, come on up, go to her etiquette dinner and see what you think about her and see, you know, if she's somebody that you would want to pursue. And and so I did. Well, I have to back up even a, a moment before that because I had just been, oh, not a few weeks earlier, I had been to a, um, a conference, a national conference, and for dessert, and, and by the way, the woman who invited me up to the school in Atlanta to see Peggy Newfield was also at this meeting. That's important. So here we are. There's this big dinner. You know, at those conferences, there's always the one big dinner night. So there we are, and we've gone through the courses of the meal, and dessert comes out. And dessert is one of those hard chocolate shell cups. You've seen them. They, they're kind of fluted on the edges, and then they hold whatever. This was mousse, right? There was mousse in it. And I kind of looked around the room to see, like, I didn't know what to do with this thing, right? It was just an odd beast. How is the, what is the proper way to eat this? And so there was a gentleman there from Berea College. He was older. He was very distinguished looking. He looked like he ought to know. And I watched him pick the cup up. So think about this hard shell of a cup. You've seen him. He'd already scooped out and eaten all the stuff on the inside. He turns it over. So it's upside down. He takes his knife and holds it by the blade, right? So he's got the handle loose right at the end. He's holding the blade and he cracks the back of the chocolate cup. And of course it breaks into a bunch of pieces and he proceeds to start eating the pieces. I am not kidding you. The entire room must have been watching this gentleman because there was this ripple effect of a room full of professionals holding the sharp end of a butter knife and beating their dessert. It was hilarious, right? But we thought it was the way. Like, we took it at this was the way. So not two weeks later, uh, my friend and I were at this, you know, dinner that Peggy Newfield was, was doing etiquette training, and I'd been invited up to Atlanta. And of course, wouldn't you know it, what is served for dessert? One of those little chocolate cups. And so Peggy, as soon as it comes out, I look over at my colleague who had just been at that national meeting with me, and we just busted out laughing. And of course, of course, we had done it completely wrong. Of course, you do not turn your dessert over. Never turn your food over. And of course, you don't grab the, the sharp end of a butter knife and start beating your dessert. Never, ever. By the way, in case you're wondering, the correct way to do it is to take a fork in one hand, a knife in the other, and you just pull the thing apart because if you pull away, it'll break the pieces out and you can eat them that way with a fork. <laughs> it was kind of funny. So I, I tell you that to say I have really come a long way from thinking I should beat my dessert to teaching this. And I don't teach it so much anymore. 
Um, it's not really a part of the of my business now, but I really did want to share this stuff with you. So I'm going to do it as a true-false. I've got 22 false questions. If you're driving, obviously I don't want you writing these down. If you're not, feel free to answer the questions true or false. You're going to number 1 through 20. If you're driving, just think about the answers, and I'm going to go over them. So number 1, the primary place setting utilized in the U.S. is inside out. So when you think of your place setting and sort of what goes first, what do you use first, what do you use second? Is that primary setting for the U.S. inside out? True or false? Number two, at a sit-down dinner you should wait until everyone at your table has been served to begin eating. True or false? Number three, at a buffet you should wait until everyone at your table has returned with their food to begin eating. True or false? Number four, your food dishes are to the left of your place setting and your drink containers are to the right. True or false? So food containers, so we're thinking about the bread plate, any kind of smaller plates, those are to the left. Any of your drink containers are to the right of your place setting. True or false? Number five, forearms can be placed on the table between courses and when there is no food at the table. True or false? Forearms. Number six, it is okay to salt and pepper your food before tasting it. True or false? Number seven, when leaving the table during a meal, you should place your napkin next to your plate. So you leave the table during the meal, napkin next to the plate. True or false? Number eight, when leaving following the meal, you should place your napkin on top of your plate. So this is at the end of the meal, napkin on top of the plate. True or false? Number nine, items should be passed counterclockwise around the table. True or false? Number 10, to remove inedible food from your mouth, use your napkin. So you get a piece of gristle or bone or something. Remove it with your napkin, true or false? Number 11, you should offer community foods like sugar to others before serving your, yourself. So when you're passing the butter, you're passing um, dressings, those kind of things. Number 12, you should break off a bite-sized piece of your bread and butter it and eat it rather than buttering the entire roll at one time, true or false. Number 13, once you have used a utensil, you should never place it back on the table, true or false. Number 14, if someone requests only the salt, it is okay to pass it by itself without the pepper. So you can pass salt or pepper separately, true or false. Number 15, the correct movement for a soup spoon is towards you. So you're scooping the, the soup towards you, true or false. Number 16, when eating American style, so the way that we eat in the U.S., it is okay to use your knife to assist you in getting the last bits of the food on your plate, true or false. Number 17, you should tuck paper trash under the rim of your plate, so the sugar um, packet and those kinds of things under the rim of your plate true or false number 18 it is okay to eat fried chicken with your fingers in a formal setting true or false number 19 it is okay to break crackers into your soup and number 20 the butter knife passed with the butter should never touch your bread true or false all right how'd you do i think you probably got tripped up on a few of those let's see number one the primary place setting used in the uh, uh, utilized in the U.S. is inside out. That is false. It is outside in. So what that means is when you sit down, you can look at the plates and the silverware and the drink glasses and all of that and see kind of 
what's going to happen by what order things are in. But you're going to be using the outer utensils first. You're going to use um, anything that's on the outside and work your way in. Number two, at a sit-down dinner, you should wait until everyone at your table has been served to begin eating. That is true. So when there is waiter service, you're going to wait until everyone has gotten that course. So if it's salad or main course or dessert or whatever, you don't start eating until everyone has gotten it. Number three, at a buffet, you should wait until everyone at your table has returned with their food to begin eating. That is false. The rule of thumb for a buffet is you want to wait until about half of the people are back at your table. Not it doesn't have to be everyone because people are staggering and you know they got into the line at different times. You don't have to wait for the whole table, but you don't want to sit there by yourself either. Number four, your food dishes are to the left of your plate and your drink containers are to the right. That is true, and here's how you can remember. Food is a four-letter word and left is a four-letter word, so food is on the left. Drink is a five-letter word, right is a five-letter word, so drink glasses are on the right. That's how you can remember. Number five, forearms can be placed on the table between courses and when there is no food at your plate. That is true. That is absolutely true. So if you're in between courses, there's no food, the food's been cleared, you're waiting for the next course, it's perfectly okay to rest your forearms on the table. There's a really interesting story that goes back, I think, to World War II about why, um, actually, in Europe, people are very suspicious of you having your hands on the table. It kind of means deception or that you're going to do something to them. So it's really interesting, the difference in the culture. We've been taught in the, in the United States to keep our hands in our lap at all times, and it's just not accurate. It's not correct. Number six, it is okay to salt and pepper your food before tasting it. You probably did know the answer to this one. It's false. You want to taste your food first. It says that you're kind of doing things with, you're making assumptions about things without testing them first if you salt and pepper your food first. Number seven, when leaving the table during the meal, you should place your napkin next to your plate. That is false. When you leave the table in the middle, say you need to use the restroom or go blow your nose, you're going to put your napkin in your seat. And then the next question is, that when you leave following the meal, should you place the napkin in, in, on top of your food? No, never place your napkin on top of whatever you didn't eat or the, you know, the, it's just nasty. Just place that napkin next to your food, your plate, your food container when you're done. Number nine, items should be passed counterclockwise around the table. That is true. So you want to pass everything. Basically, this gets everything moving in the same direction, counterclockwise, so that it's just more organized and food isn't running into food. Now, does everybody else at your table know that and abide by it? Probably not. So, you, you know, you can make concessions with that. So it, I would say if you're at a meal and someone starts passing things clockwise, then go with the flow. Certainly you never point out someone else's um, incorrect behaviors. You just go with the flow. Number 10, to remove an edible food from your mouth, use your napkin. That is false, and that's a real common one. So people stay, now think about it. You've got this big napkin. It might be bright red or white, or it's kind of like, you know, really visible, and you're going to stick it up to your mouth, and then what do you do with it? Now you have food in your napkin, the napkin that needs to go back in your lap and wipe your mouth. You have a problem, a very obvious problem. The actual correct way, there's actually two ways, one of which I'm not coordinated enough to do, and that is removing it by the method in which it went into your mouth. So if it went in via fork, you stick your fork back in your mouth. I don't know how anybody pulls that one off. I certainly am not that coordinated. I will impale my, my the roof of my mouth or something. The alternative that is perfectly acceptable is to put your, your thumb and your 
pointer finger in your mouth and quickly remove it and then you tuck it. So tuck it under your plate, tuck it on the side, somewhere very inconspicuous. But I promise you by putting your fingers in your mouth, it's much less conspicuous than putting a big old napkin up to your face. Number 11, you should offer community foods such as sugar to others before serving yourself. Yes, so if you're closest to the butter, start passing the butter, but don't serve yourself until it comes back around. Same thing with the sugar or uh, salt and pepper, any of those kind of things. Number 12, you should break off a bite-sized piece of bread, butter it, and eat rather than butter the entire roll at one time. Absolutely true. So you're going to break off a little piece because otherwise what happens is you have a large surface with butter on it and when you put that bread in your mouth, you're going to end up with a butter mustache. So just one piece of bread at a time, butter it, and then eat it. Number 13, once you have used a utensil, you should never place it back on the table. That is true. It should always go on the side of your plate, the side of your coffee um, saucer, somewhere other than back on the plate where it's going to leave a mark. Number 14, if someone requests only the salt, it is okay to pass it by itself without the pepper. Anyone who has ever taken an etiquette class from me, if they remember nothing else, they remember me saying that the salt and pepper are married and there will be no divorces tonight. So always send them both around. So if someone asks for the pepper, they get the salt. They ask for the salt, they also get the pepper. Number 15, the correct movement for a soup spoon is towards you. No, because then you end up with a lap of soup if you make a mistake. The correct movement for a soup spoon is away, and then if you need to kind of um, gently wipe it on the edge, it's going to be the outer edge of the soup bowl before you bring it up to your mouth, right? So you're going to just gently wipe it off that side, um, that side away from you before you bring it to your mouth so that nothing's dripping off the bottom. Number 16, when eating American style, so the way we do in the U.S., it is okay to use your knife to assist you in getting the last bits of food on your plate. That is false. There will be some peas left. There will be some rice left. There might be some mashed potatoes left, and that's okay, but you do not want to use your knife to hoist stuff up onto your fork. You just leave it there. Number 17, you should tuck paper trash under the rim of your plate. Absolutely. So anything, if there's a I don't know, a straw, um, you know, wrapper or sugar packet, um, anything, you know, you maybe you opened up one of those little individual things of butter and you've got that wrapper, stick it all up underneath the rim of the plate. Number 18, it is okay to eat fried chicken with your fingers at a formal setting. No, that is false. Anything at a formal dinner, so you're at a business meeting, you're at a business lunch, whatever, you want to eat that food with a fork and knife. That includes sandwiches, hamburgers, fried chicken, whatever it is. I personally choose when I'm in that kind of a setting, I'm very careful about what I order because of I'm thinking ahead to how I will have to go about eating it, right? So I'm not going to order pasta. I'm not going to order anything that's kind of messy, right? I'm going to, I'm going to play it safe in that kind of a setting. Number 19, it is okay to break crackers into your soup faults. It is not okay to break crackers in your soup. So if you want to eat crackers with soup, you just have a cracker in one hand, soup spoon in the other hand, and you, you treat it like it's a piece of bread. You wouldn't, I, I, hopefully you wouldn't think of dipping bread into your soup in a business setting where you don't do it with crackers either. And then number 20, the butter knife passed with the butter should never touch your bread. Absolutely. So if there's a butter knife involved, it sits with the butter. You use that butter knife to get a little bit of butter onto your bread plate, not onto your bread, just onto the bread plate. And then you use your own butter knife to butter, or you might have a, you might have a butter knife or a, um, 
uh, a bread knife. Either one you're going to use that to put the butter onto your food. So here's some additional things. So first thing I want to say in terms of this additional information is it's easy to forget a lot of this stuff and, and the world is not going to cave in if you do. So don't worry about it if you forget something. There's a, there's a learning curve here. But there are two cardinal rules that I don't want you to ever forget or, or um, break. And one is never say anything negative about the food, the restaurant, or the wait staff. So no matter how inedible your meal was, if you need to deal with it, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute, you know, if you have to return it, that's okay, but there is no need for you to be derogatory about the waiter or the restaurant or the food or the service, any of that kind of thing. And then number two, you never want to point out anyone else's etiquette mistake. So you don't want to say, oh, you're supposed to pass this and clockwise. I just learned this on a podcast this week, right? So you can point out your own mistakes. I can't, I'm, I am forever, and I think this is why one of the reasons people loved my etiquette dinner so much was I'm kind of a klutz, right? And so inevitably I would dribble soup down my shirt and or I would do something. I would, um, you know, launch something across the room. I've done that before, you know, accidentally hit it the wrong way and it launches across the room at a dinner. And I, and I often wondered if students thought I was doing this on purpose to make them feel more comfortable. I assure you I was not. I was just a klutz. So it's okay to point out your own mistakes. I can't believe I just dropped my napkin. I can't believe that I just did whatever, but you just don't point out anyone else's mistakes. All right, here's some additional tips. I recommend that you, and I talked about this a minute ago, don't order foods that are messy or you're just not really clear on how you're supposed to eat them. So that would be things like a, a whole lobster. I would not want to tackle a lobster in a business setting. French onion soup, that's a mess because not only do you have the soup piece, but you have that cheese and you have to cut it. And there's a skill set to that. So if you haven't practiced that, a business meeting is not the time to learn how to eat French onion soup. Or pasta, right? Or like a messy sandwich or something like that. Just don't do it. Oftentimes, job candidates will make the mistake of ordering kind of the least expensive thing on the menu. So two options for you that I recommend. So if you order the least expensive thing, it does kind of say something about you and it's not particularly flattering. So what I recommend is that you either order something mid-price, not the most expensive, but not the least expensive either, or ask the person who's invited you to this meal what they recommend on the menu and then look at the price points of the things they're recommending. So maybe they recommend something that you don't care to eat, but you can see, oh, it's $19.95. That's the price point I'm going to play in, right? So kind of middle of the road. And that second one is particularly effective if you're at a really nice restaurant where there are no prices. So you're flying blind as to what, what costs what. Then for sure, ask the ask your host or um, ask the waiter as well, like what, you know, what do you recommend and then kind of confer with your host. What do you think about that? I only want you to return food if it is completely inedible. And if you do that, do it discreetly. So there is, you know, a critter in your food. There is, you know, you ordered a, a well done steak and it comes back rare. Those are extreme examples. It could be that there's something on your plate that is for dietary reasons. You can't eat it, right? So when that is the case, I just want you to do it very professionally and very discreetly with the waiter. And again, going back to something I said earlier, don't say anything derogatory about the wait staff or the restaurant um, or, or the service or any of that. Use the time immediately after you sit down. I talked about this at the outset. Kind of scope out your silverware, scope out your glasses, scope out your place plates so that you kind of know 
what's going to happen. You've kind of got a feel for the lay of the land. You might have some idea about, you know, if you see a salad fork, you can tell that you're going to have salad. And is the salad fork on the outside because you're going to eat it first? Or, as the Europeans do, they, they eat their salad as a cleansing course after the main dish. So you could very easily see a salad fork on the inside of the big dinner fork. So just kind of scope out, and then you'll kind of know a little bit about what to expect. If you've ordered a special meal, so let's say you're at a conference and you have special dietary restrictions, you are gluten-free, it is up to you to identify yourself with the waiter. So the waiter's going to come around and do something, give you drinks, or maybe you're ordering off of a, a menu, or you know they're, they're just checking to see who ordered the chicken ahead of time, who ordered the beef, or whatever. It's up to you to get with that waiter, make sure he knows which plate comes to you. So they've got them somewhere, but they don't know who they belong to. If you receive food that you're unable to eat for dietary or religious reasons, you're not obligated to eat it. So as a general rule of thumb, if you're at a business meeting, especially if you're at an interview meeting, so you're, you know, it's part of the interview process, I really want you to, in general, eat what's on your plate. I don't, especially women, I don't want you to be perceived as a picky eater. Even if you really are, can you suck it up this one time and kind of eat what's on your plate? It's probably not a lot of food. So can you do it? But now if there's something that comes out that, you know, it's that time of the year where you don't eat certain things or, you know, you suspect that there's peanuts involved or, I don't know, whatever your dietary or, or religious reasons might be, you are not under obligation to eat that. And I mentioned this earlier, if something is served on a plate, you want to use utensils to eat it when you're in a business setting. So French fries, fried chicken, bacon, all of that you eat with a, with a fork. Next, cup a lemon in your hand before squeezing it over your tea, or you might have a lemon over your seafood to avoid squirting anyone. I've had it in the eyeball. It is not fun, so just cup your hand. When ordering wine at a restaurant, it's, it's better for you to ask the waiter, or there might be a sommelier, which is their professional, professionally trained wine expert, for a recommendation rather than trying to do it on your own. So if this is not something you're comfortable with, it's okay to own up to that, right? So if you're hosting the meeting, by all means, ask the waiter, ask the sommelier. If you are um, with someone else, then you're going to kind of take their lead and let them order the wine. As a general rule, red pairs better with beef and other dishes like with a red sauce. So if you're eating any, any uh, red-based, marinara-based pastas, um, chicken sometimes has a, a red sauce involved. You generally want a red wine with that. And then white wine pairs better with chicken, fish, and pork. If you've ordered a bottle of wine at a nicer restaurant, the, the waiter or the sommelier is going to pour a little bit into your glass and have you taste it. So you want to accept that bottle unless there's clearly something wrong. So if you're a real novice and you don't know, um, I would, you know, here's the thing. If you're hosting, you don't want to serve terrible wine to your, to your friend. So hopefully you have at least enough sense of what wine tastes like. You know, you've had it before, you know good wine from bad wine, so you're not returning that bottle or refusing that bottle unless it, there is something wrong with it, right? So you just simply swirl the, the glass a little bit, stick your face in it to get a bit of smell, and then you, you take a drink of it. And if you're unsure, you could say to the waiter, like, will you check this bottle for me? So kind of have them have them check it. So as far as the glasses, the white wine glasses are smaller and should be held by the stem because you're drinking something that is cold and you don't want to warm it up with your hands, so you hold it down at the stem. And then the red wines have a, tend to have a bigger bowl and they're taller than the white wine glasses and you, you can and should hold those by the bowl. 
And then in general, now that I've given you all this instruction on how to drink wine at a business setting, you want to be very cautious about drinking in the business setting and never to excess. That can really come back to bite you in the, in the booty. So I hope this has been helpful. Um, I hope you, if you haven't had a chance to go to an etiquette meal like the ones that I used to do for my students, I hope that it's something that you have access to in the not too distant future because it actually can be and should be a lot of fun um, and, and a great learning opportunity for you and, and especially if you are in a job where you are eating frequently with prospective clients really important people in the community or in your in your company it's really important that you can kind of hold your own in those meetings so i hope this has been great don't forget to rate review and subscribe to this podcast and get entered into the contest also like me on facebook at uh, the, the exclusive career exclusive career coaching uh, follow me on Instagram at lisa.edwards and follow me on my Facebook, I'm sorry, on my LinkedIn business page, uh, Exclusive Career Coaching. See you next week. Bye. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.